Rahim. In the name of God, the most beneficent, the most merciful. All thanks and praise is due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in, good, in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray, and whoever God allows to go astray will never find guidance. I bear witness there is no God but God, alone without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. Quran chapter 3, verse 102. Assalamu sisters. Inviting you to take a deep breath as I do the same. When I was approached with this opportunity to deliver the khutbah today, almost instantly I knew my topic because it's been an area of struggle for me. Humility is a high value for me, and I embody, I hope to embody it in every part of my being. However, I have one more important value, and that is to be my best, to do my best, and be empowered to ha have a huge positive difference. And somehow I felt tension between these two values. How can I be great at being me, and at the same time, be humble. Growing up, I constantly heard the virtues of humility. God loves the humble-minded. Seek help and patience and prayer, and truly it is hard, save for the hum humble-minded. Chapter 2, verse 45. As part of our daily prayers, we prostrate in humility with our heads touching the ground, bowing like that to no one else but the Lord of the worlds. I was told that modesty, another expression of humility, is the real jewel or mako of a Muslim woman. All glory is to God. All goodness is from God. God is almighty, all-knowing, most merciful, and the king of the universe and beyond. Thank you, Allah for your infinite blessings as you are the ultimate source for all and the ultimate refuge for all. Knowing God the Almighty in this way and knowing that he deserves all credit and glory as my creator is in itself a blessing. Feeling connected to my creator has enriched my life beyond I can articulate. However, along with these beautiful messages and connections to God, I also internalize what it means to be humble. If what I'm, I'm going to read a couple of statements. If they resonate with you, you can nod or raise your hand or just silently, you know, see if it applies to you. When someone compliments you, it feels like a lie. They must be saying it to be nice. I'm not deserving of this compliment. When someone calls upon you to lead something like the khutbah, you find yourself hesitating. Who am I? What do I know? There's so much more to know. When you dream of something that feels impossible, like representing your district 
or state as an elected officer or speaking at the UN or having the perfect balance between home life, career, and your relationship with God, you feel undeserving to have it all, somehow unequipped. You secretly fear being powerful and gifted because that might make you arrogant. Or worse, it might give you the responsibility to actually do something with that, right? What if I succeed and it gets to my head? Better to stay humble and not take the responsibility. You find it hard to share uh, your gifts, your strengths, your passions out of fear that others might judge you as being boastful or arrogant. You justify playing small, that is, because that is what a good, humble-minded Muslim does. You ignore or resist your own power, your own gifts, because acknowledging your worth and potential somehow feels out of sync with your spiritual goals. Every scenario I've described here, I've felt it. And it has held me back, it has slowed me down, or it has stopped me from ever imagining myself from doing big things. Like inviting people to work with me, or honoring my own experiences and expertise as being valuable enough. I've allowed these ideas of humility to keep me small and work within a small and acceptable box of possibilities. I am humble. I'm not powerful. For a long time, to me, being humble meant I'm not worthy of praise, and it is wrong of me to even think of myself as being gifted. But is that what being humble really means? Humility and arrogance are the two extremes of the same spectrum. Iblis, Satan, is the ultimate example of arrogance. He refused to bow down to Prophet Adam, not because he was bent on disobeying God or didn't love God. He refused to bow down because he thought he was better than Adam. Verse, chapter 7, verse 12, And God said, What has kept thee from prostrating thyself when I commanded thee? Answered Iblis, I'm better than he. Thou hast created me out of fire, whereas him thou hast created out of clay. He refused because it would hurt his pride and his pride was greater than his love for God and that is arrogance. Thus the bad pride we are warned against is the feeling of superior, superiority to any of God's creations, let alone to think we know better than the all-knowing almighty Lord. According to a hadith, the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, no one who has the weight of a seed of arrogance in his heart will enter paradise. Someone said, but a man loves to have beautiful clothes and shoes. The prophet replied, verily, Allah is beautiful and loves beauty. Arrogance means rejecting the truth and looking down on people. The truth is, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of letting even an iota of bad pride, arrogance enter my heart. And so I'd rather play it small, feel my insignificance, and risk, rather than risk having that bad pride enter. 
But did God really create me to be insignificant? I don't think so, at least not now. You see, humility is recognizing that there is always someone better than you, more learned than you, more faster than you, more beautiful than you, more loving than you, more courageous than you, whatever that quality or trait is that you consider to be your best part, there is someone else out there who is better than you in that very same regard. We all have weaknesses, we all have shortcomings, and acknowledging this is the humility. Another way of understanding humility is that being humble does not mean thinking less of yourself. I'm bad, I'm weak, I'm imperfect, I'm unworthy, etc. Instead, being humble means thinking of yourself less. How can you use your greatest gifts, your best quality in service to others? How can you do more to help someone. This way you become the conduit and your gifts, talents, strengths, wealth, whatever else becomes a means to an end. All the while recognizing that the ones you're thinking of are actually more important than you. You're striving to support others, not to flaunt your importance. Even better than these two ways is a third way of approaching humility. And this is the one that changed my life. It is the best guaranteed way to be one of the most righteous and inshallah to be loved by Allah, God. This is to remember who you are, who you really are. There is no greater truth for a Muslim than a Muslim who submits his or her will to God than this. Chapter 2, verse 156. Verily, to God we belong, and verily, to God is our return. If you remember your source, then you will remember who you are. At the time of creation, God made it clear, Adam was more knowledgeable than the angels. Adam was gifted. Not only did he know more, but he also had the freedom to explore the gardens. He had free will to make choices. He was blessed with fine food, drinks, beauty all around him, and companionship. But the verse did not stop there at Adam knowing more. As soon as Adam had conveyed unto them their names, God said, Did I not say unto you, Verily, I alone know the hidden reality of the heavens and the earth and know all that you bring into the open and all that you would conceal. Chapter 2, verse 33. God is all-knowing. Thus, as greatly gifted as Adam was, God is infinite. God is the source, he is the creator, God is in charge, and God has the power to give and take away as he wills. All God has to do is say kun fayakun, be, and it is. So the guaranteed path of humility is to remember that where whatever you have, whoever you are, is from God, through God, because of God, and therefore I invite you to dedicate yourself 
and all you have to God, and that cannot be insignificance. With this intention and sincere efforts to live this intention, no matter how powerful or successful you get, how gifted you are, how praised you are, you will always be humble-minded because you know your Lord, your sustainer is the ultimate source and nothing, nothing is impossible for God. Grounded in this truth with gratitude and awe for your creator in your heart, you can use your power and gifts to serve God and earn God's pleasure, glorify God. And if you are daring enough, if you are daring enough, then strive to become the best version of yourself in tribute to your creator. Any praise of you as God's creation is praise of your creator. Indeed, all praise and glory belongs to God. Like me, don't let your love for humility or your fear of arrogance hold you back from recognizing and using your gifts for good. And if others praise you for them, then know that be by truly honoring your gifts and striving to be your best self, you're inspiring them to do the same. Do not use your knowledge or gifts or demonstrate your greatness to put others down, but use it for good and for the sake of God. So if this is humility, then how did all my hesitations and fears and feelings of unworthiness become my expression of presumed humility? To unpack this, it is important to make one more distinction. Making this distinction helped me move from playing small and feeling unworthy and, and of my gifts and my calling and stepping up and doing my best to answer my calling. Would you like to know? what this one distinction is, yeah, yay. Power, if I truly allowed myself to feel worthy of my gifts and calling, then I had to also admit to the power I have, the power to influence, the power to make an impact, the power to make change, the power to lead, the power to dream and hold space for that dream to be manifested. Now, in full humility, this power is not unique to me. You and I, we all have the same power. Understanding what this power is has helped me embrace my power with humility and gratitude. As <laughs> the uncle in Spider-Man, I forget his name, said, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. If not the power of superheroes who can, you know, shoot the spider string from their hands or fly or break uproot trees with their bare hands, what then is the power that you and I possess? There are two kinds of powers. The first power that God has given us and we are held 100% accountable for is our power to choose free will. We choose our decisions, our careers, who to marry, how to respond to challenges, how to receive our blessings, how to interact with others, what to eat, where the choices are endless. Perhaps one of the biggest choices we make is when to push through and when to step back. 
Ultimately, we choose our intentions and our efforts, and this is power. And with great power comes great responsibility. When Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, received his first revelation in Cave Hira, he was shaken up to the core. He didn't know what to do or think. He was shivering and scared. He was chosen to be the final messenger, and yet by default of the system that God has created, he had every right to say, no, I will not be. In fact, he did say no. When Angel Gabriel asked him to read, he said, I cannot. And he had good justification for it. He literally did not know how to read or write. But then, after rushing home, being comforted by his wife, Hazrat Khatija, and eventually calming down, he connected to his faith. He committed to serving his Lord, who he was just barely getting to know. And he said yes. He was humble enough to say yes to his Lord and obey God. God knows what he knows not, what we know not. He was humble enough to risk his life and do the thing that scared him because his love for God was greater than his fears. Did he feel ready to be the messenger of God, let alone the final messenger of God? Did he feel worthy? Did he have doubts? I'm sure he had doubts. He was human. He had no special powers, no personal wealth, he was no scholar, and yet he said yes. He submitted to the will of God, and because he chose to use his power for good, hundreds of years later, you and I are being inspired by his example today. And inshallah, will continue for hundreds more. Similarly, you and I have fears. We have limitations. We have weaknesses, and there is always, always going to be more opportunity to learn, more scope to grow, but what will you choose now? What will you choose today with whatever you have, wherever you are, even when it feels like we have no choice? There is an earthquake, there is death in the family, illness, other challenges like war, famine, the truth is we still have a choice. We have the choice to turn bitter, angry, curse, blame, give up, or we have the choice to have hope, faith, and take the next step. We have the choice to love or to hate, to forgive or be resentful, to smile or frown, to hold on or to let go, to step back or step up. The choices are endless, and it, that is exactly what makes this, makes us so powerful. Yes, it is easier said than done, and yet we have countless, countless examples of people who have made both choices. We are responsible for our choices. How are you going to use your power to choose? Are you using it to be humbly your best self for the sake of God? Or are you using it to be safe? There is no judgment. There is no right or wrong. Because that, what might be totally right for me in my circumstances, might be totally wrong for you in your circumstances. Beyond right or wrong, though, the better question is, are you using your power in ways that are expansive 
or in ways that are contractive? Are you making choices that make you feel better or make you feel worse? Come closer to God or get further away? The second type of power we all have is the power to impact. We each have gifts and have an impact. Nothing is in a vacuum. If you're alive, you have an impact, period. You impact, your impact might be in your own family, like my mom. She has no big dream of changing the world. Her dream is to be with her family, to take care of us, to feed us, to love us, to be with us. But her impact is meaningful, life-changing, and nothing short of extraordinary. While she has impacted countless people, I, I'll only speak of her impact on me, just one person. She has impacted me by teaching me life skills and important lessons that have steered my life. She has impacted me by making me strong and have faith. She has taught me how to love, how to cook, how to share. And because of her loving support, I am able to answer my calling. Sure, in the title, she's just a housewife, but in all ways possible, she has used her power to impact, to help her family be stronger and be nourished. How devastated do you think, how devastated was our prophet, peace be upon him, when his uncle passed away? His uncle did not do anything to directly uh, help him further his message. In fact, he didn't even accept Islam. Yet, his uncle was one of his strongest pillars of faith. Without him, he was weaker, more exposed to harm, and felt alone. And I'm sharing all this to say that some of us have the calling to impact the world as global leaders. Some of us have the calling to impact our families, our students, our clients, people in our smaller circles to thrive. And some of us impact others in unexpected ways that we will never know. Regardless of what your calling is, you have the power to make an impact. Still not convinced you have the power to make an impact? Let's look at it from a different angle. If your colleague did not trust you, does that impact how you show up and how you work? If your spouse did not do his share or their share to contribute towards um, their, the family's well-being, does that impact the home environment and the relationships? If you did nothing at all and just sat down, watched TV or in bed, for the whole day you did nothing, would that impact other people's moods or experiences who are around you? If the fa farmer refused to water the fields, would that impact the merchant whose livelihood depends on buying and selling the crops? And would that in turn impact what you and I eat? Yes, whether we do something or not, we have an impact. And this is how the power of choice and the power to make an impact are interwoven together. The choices you make have a direct correlation to the level of impact you have. Like it or not, you are powerful, and God has made you powerful. I say what I have said 
May God forgive all of us. Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks are, to, are due to God alone. I hope by now it is clear that humility and power are not in competition to one another. Meaning you can choose, you can be humble and powerful at the same time because essentially you choose to be humble. And that is power. Humility is powerful. Your gifts are your strengths, your knowledge, your values, your talents, your personalities, your personal characteristics, love, wealth, health, endless. We have endless abundance of gifts. When we, when we use our gifts in service to others and in dedication to our creator and sustainer, we choose to be humble. And mashallah, be powerful. Yes, with great power comes great responsibility. As Muslims, on the Day of Judgment, we know we will be held accountable for our choices and our actions. Therefore, we only have three choices. Use our gifts, misuse our gifts, don't use our gifts. That's it. Using your gifts, your blessings, means being humble in your intentions and efforts to make a positive impact. Misusing your gifts means using them in a way that serves you, but it has a greater negative impact on others. Not using your gifts means not acknowledging them, resisting them, downplaying them, doubting them, you are doubting your potential, and basically you give away your power of having greater impact by living a life of default. Not using your gifts might sound like this, and again, I've been guilty. Whatever happens will happen. God will take care of it. I can't do anything. Who am I? I'm not ready. I'm not enough. I don't have much to offer. Someone else will take care of it. And by the way, not using your gifts is also a choice that you and I will be held accountable for. My sisters, my friends, my most sincere, deepest invitation to you all is to say yes. Say yes to using your gifts in service to humanity and your Lord. Say yes to using your power to positively impact and contribute in fulfilling ways. With all your imperfections and shortcomings, say yes to being used by God today, now, for God's work. You're perfect with all your weaknesses and imperfections because your God, your creator, is perfect. God makes no mistakes. He hasn't made a mistake in making you. God knows what you know not. Say yes to dreaming more courageously and being in higher integrity. Say yes, my sisters. Say yes. Yay, I see some yeses. I need you to say yes. Your loved ones need you to say yes. 
Our ummah, our community needs you to say yes. The world needs us to say yes. It is my belief that we each have a calling in our hearts. Our calling is not big or small because of its scope or visibility, who is on TV, who has the mic. It is big because it is stretches us to be better, stretches us to serve better, to do better, and to love better. Take deep breaths. Go ahead. As many deep breaths as you need to quiet your mind and then listen. Get curious. Tune in deeper and deeper. With another deep breath. Listen to your heartbeat and what is underneath that heartbeat. There lies your calling. There lies your ultimate yes. You see, I believe we each have a calling. And each calling is like an important piece of the puzzle, and the puzzle is incomplete without your contribution. Each of us have a unique and essential role to play in making this world, our lives around us, a little better than we found it. We each have a unique combination of experiences, of strengths, of values, designed perfectly by our perfect God to help us be amazing. So say yes to being amazing. That calling deep in your heart is from God. God has created you with a purpose. And by answering the call, you can worship and serve your Lord in ways that no one else can. Do you want to worship him in ways everybody does or in ways no one else can? Granted, saying yes to your calling is scary. It may be intimidating and it's not easy. I know it hasn't been for me. But you have the power to choose yes. Be powerful by saying yes. Think of a leader you greatly admire and bring to your attention the huge impact they have made because they said yes. There is no doubt about it. That leader, whoever you are thinking of, went through a lot of struggles, both internal and external. It couldn't have been easy. They must have had moments of wanting to give up, moments of feeling alone, disappointed, scared, rejected, angry, judged, frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yet they said yes. And they continued to say yes every step of the way. After every failure and every loss, say yes. After every success, say yes to continue. What is their yes worth to you? They may not even know you, and yet it has impacted you. What if they had chosen to misuse their gifts or not use them at all? Now think of someone who is close to you, someone who has helped you to grow and learn, or someone you just feel really loved by. Now imagine if they had said no. How big of a loss would that be to you? 
No matter what your circumstances are, what your gifts are, what your calling is, you have positively impacted someone, at least one. And I'm being very, you know, I'm sure, multiple. But at least one person you have loved dearly, helped someone, held someone when they were low, caused someone to smile just by being present, gave hope to someone. How good does that feel? What is that worth to you? Is that a good way to use your power? I hope your answer is yes. And if so, I invite you to say yes to your higher calling, your highest calling. Because the experience of positively touching someone's life is just the first layer of goodness and potential your God has blessed you with. Just the first layer. For me, saying yes to life, saying yes to my calling, is saying yes to the impact that is mine to make. It is not a privilege to answer my calling if and when I feel ready or capable. It is my responsibility, and I've said yes to that responsibility. This is the truest power I have to choose my yes, and I've chosen to yes, say yes multiple times to being fully in, to being used by God, to overcoming my fears and doubts every time they come up in service to my calling. Say yes to love and say it again and again every time I have doubts creep in. Saying yes has been powerful because it has helped me feel closer to God. It has helped me push my own boundaries. It, I'm designing new programs. I'm inviting faith leaders to now work with me. I'm investing in myself and my business. I'm hosting transformational retreats. I'm showing up and having no idea of how I'm impacting people, but people are walking up to me and saying thank you. And I'm like, oh, yay. Okay, thank you. And while I have a lot of fears and obstacles, and I'm sure I always will, I found deeper love, gratitude, joy, confidence, fulfilling, because I'm living on purpose. I'm worshiping God the best way I can. For too long, I allowed the mask of false humility, fear and insecurities help me, like, keep me from using my power to have greater impact. I have an impact no matter what I do or choose. So I'm just choosing. I might as well have the biggest impact I can by answering my calling. So I invite you to be true to yourself, be true to your creator as his creation, and know, trust that he has made you just right, just enough, and whole. You are sustained by the king of the universe for whom everything is possible and bound by limitations by of time or space. I urge you, my sisters, to not let anything, anything hold you back from saying yes to living a fulfilling, meaningful, impactful, loving life of service. Say yes to using your gifts and your power with humility. And I conclude with duas, prayers. God commands justice, doing good, 
and generosity towards relatives and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Recite what has been revealed to you of the book and stay consistent in prayer. Indeed, prayer restrains the human from lewd and wicked behavior, but the remembrance of God is even greater, and God knows everything you are doing. Chapter 29, 45. May we each say yes in all ways pleasing to our Creator. May we find faith, love, compassion, and courage to drive our efforts and intentions. May we use our power of choice and our power to impact with humility, care, and love. May we seek refuge in Allah and find ourselves at peace and submit ourselves fully to His will. May we feel loved, deeply loved, and love others deeply. Amen. Time to perform prayer. <laughs>